Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Good morning. My name's Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life, and uh, we're just so excited about today because it snowed. And uh, I love snow. I don't know about you, but I could live in Alaska. Um, my wife, not so much. So we, uh, she could live in Florida or maybe somewhere on the equator. And uh, we settled in Western PA. So she gets it half the year, and I get it most of the year, and that's great. So, uh, so we're just uh, really excited that you're here today. Um, but, you know, we realize it's a little bit early on Sunday morning, so we're going to do a little exercise this morning to warm up. You guys okay with that? Too bad. All right, stand up. <coughs> I hated it when my teachers did this, by the way, but um, I'm an introvert, so this freaks me out, but I'm on the stage, so I feel comfortable, okay? But, uh, but here's what we're going to do today, okay? We've got the house lights up, and uh, I know many of you have been around for this series. This is the, the sixth week of the series, actually, and uh, we're really excited about this series, but what I think we're most excited about is that uh, intro that we just played. Everybody wants to dance to that. I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you are. So that's what we're going to do today. All right? So here we go. You're going to bring your best, best, best dance moves today, okay? The best ones that you got. And listen, if you're Baptist, I apologize ahead of time. Um, but here's the deal. David danced before the Lord in his underwear. Don't do that, okay? If you're Pentecostal, you're right at home today. Okay, so here we go. So we're going to get the DJ to crank up these tunes and turn the subs up. And here we go. The best dance moves you got, okay? Let's see them. Here we go. Go. Come on, come on. Don't be afraid to move. Come on, let's go. Look at Chris. He's doing awesome. Yeah. All right, give yourself a round of applause. Go ahead and sit down. I know half of you are like, I ain't never coming back there. <laughs> Not ever. I've seen some people dance, though. I mean, my goodness. My mother, just 60. Are you 60 or 61? Okay. <laughs> All air on the side of older. So, you know, she hadn't danced like that since she'd been in the club. Which, did they have clubs when you were? No, no clubs. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, uh, we're just so glad that you're here today. Hope you enjoyed that little warm-up. But uh, we're going to focus on something so, so important today because we're in this series called Just Say Yes. And you just said yes to dancing in church. And that's awesome because God is the creator of fun. He wants us to have fun, and that's what we just did. But we're about to wrap this series up in these next couple of weeks. And it was just an incredible week last week as, God, as we saw God move in so many of you as you prayerfully committed to this thing called the Yes Initiative. And uh, the Yes Initiative, what it is, is an opportunity for us to uh, further the mission of Jesus here at New Life, which is to share, grow, and live the new life of Jesus Christ with the world one person at a time. And the one primary way that we're trying to do that right now is we're trying to build a building right over here uh, called the Children's Nurture and Discipleship Center. And the Yes Initiative is an opportunity for all of us to get involved in seeing that uh, vision become a reality because we believe that God wants to use new life as a guide to help people 
share, uh, to know Jesus, to grow up in him, and then to live like him and lead others to do the same as well, because we believe that God loves us and has a plan and a purpose for each of us. And so uh, just such a, an incredible thing. And so many of you, hundreds of you actually uh, committed to that. And that is just such an awesome, awesome thing. And we're so excited about that. In fact, many of you are probably wondering, you know, what, what was the result? You know, how, how much came in? You know, what, what are we going to be able to do? And I'm just so excited to report uh, to you guys. You ready for this? Next week. Okay. Yeah, how you like that? Yeah, next week we're going to have a, an opportunity. Pastor Chris is going to share in Victory Weekend because we're going to celebrate what God did. And I'll just tell you, it's pretty incredible um, what God did. And we're just so excited to celebrate that and share that with you. Um, but we want to make sure we've got all of our numbers correct and all of that kind of stuff. So we're going to share that all next week. And so you don't want to miss that. But what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of hit the pause button a little bit. And we're just going to take a moment and we're just going to say thank you. Uh, we want to say thank you, first of all, to all of you who did commit to the Yes Initiative. We, we know that uh, that wasn't easy, um, but you just said yes. And so we're so thankful to you for that prayerful commitment, and uh, we're just so excited to see what God's going to do with that. Uh, but not only have many of you given of your money, but you also give of your time and your talent. And so here at New Life, if you serve on any of our teams in a volunteer role, would you just stand right now? And you don't have to be afraid. I'm not going to make you dance, Okay. So uh, if you would, just, just look around, um, everybody, at all these people that, that really make the engine of New Life run. They're the ones who uh, make the mission and take the mission of New Life to the world. This is just an incredible thing. So we just wanted to say thank you so much to all of you for what you have done. And so let's just celebrate them, guys. You may be seated. We just, we just love you guys so much and just, you know, we so appreciate you because if it wasn't for you, this wouldn't be possible. Um, so many people come through the doors and uh, saw uh, a gentleman outside today greeting somebody at the door um, and it's freezing outside and yet he did that joyfully. And so we're just so thankful that all of you play a role, whether you're a greeter, uh, you're on, in the band or you're in the uh, youth leader or whatever you do, thank you, thank you, thank you so much because the impact that you're making uh, you may never see on this side of eternity, but we just wanted to say thank you so much. And did you know that actually stopping to say thank you is a very important thing? It's a very important thing. In fact, it's, uh, it's crucial to our lives. We were designed for it. And one of the cool things is, is that here in America, this week, we're going to be celebrating a day all about Thanksgiving called Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's not a trick word there for that, so... Pilgrim Day. No, it's, it's Thanksgiving. We're, we're so excited um, to be able to, I'm really excited to celebrate Thanksgiving because it happens to be my, my favorite holiday in the whole world. I just love it um, because sometimes it snows. The Steelers are playing this year. That is awesome. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> that pumps me up. Some of you not so much. Okay. But um, so I think that's really cool. Uh, but I really, really love stuffing balls. And this is like the only time of year that I get them. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but I just love Thanksgiving, and we were designed to be thankful. God kind of put that in us, to be thankful for what he has done and what he's created. But the issue that we have is that we're not always thankful. In fact, did you know that thankfulness is the key that unlocks the will of God for your life? Thankfulness is the key that unlocks the will of God for your life. That's what we're going to see today from a scripture passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 
the Apostle Paul is writing to a church and he's telling them the incredible importance of doing three things. But the result, the third thing, is thankfulness. And in thankfulness, we realize God's will for us. And that's such a crucial thing for all of us. It's such an important thing for all of us to know the will of God for our life. So here's what the, the message today is going to kind of orbit around. Here's, here's the take-home point. It says this, no matter what, God wants us to be thankful. No matter what, God wants us to be thankful. No matter what, no matter our circumstances, no matter if our spouse is about to leave us or has left us, no matter if our child has cancer, no matter if the bottom has fallen out of our finances, no matter if our best friend has betrayed us, it doesn't matter the circumstances. We are to always be thankful. And that's a really, really hard thing to do. Because everything that I just mentioned is a very serious thing. And so I recognize that the weight of that statement, that no matter what God wants us to be thankful, that's a really, really difficult statement. And I know that. But I believe today God's going to show us through his word how important it is for us to be thankful if we truly want to follow him, if we truly want him to be the king in our lives. I mean, how is it possible for us to be thankful in such pain and suffering? And the truth is, when we put our focus in the correct place, we can be thankful in everything. It is possible. And that's what we're going to see today. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to pull it out. If you have your smartphone and you have your favorite Bible app, go ahead and pull that out. And we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to kind of set the stage for this letter that Paul wrote to this church. Um, so the apostle Paul was a church planter. And so he would travel around to different cities kind of strategically and plant churches where he knew they would have a great impact on culture and on, on people, where people would come to faith in Jesus. And so one of those places, was a city called Thessalonica. And Thessalonica was a, was a harbor city. It, had, it, it was located in the northeast peninsula of Greece, and it was a safe place because of this incredible harbor. And so a lot of people came to Thessalonica. In fact, it became such a, a popular place, it became very, very wealthy. And as the late Biggie Small says, mo money, mo problems, right? Because what happens is when there is a place where there's a lot of wealth and a lot of prosperity, problems come out of that. It just happens that way. Because there's greed and there's desire for things that we can't have and we try to you know, steal and kill and, and whatever we can do to get. And so that was kind of an issue. And so Paul, as he came into the city, he knew this would be a great place to plant a church because Jesus, there, there needed to be light there. Jesus needed to be present in that city through the church. So he planted a church there around 51 AD. But not long after Paul planted the church, he was actually pushed out by the church because they wanted him to continue to plant churches and they were coming under extreme persecution. And I, I'm not talking about people saying, you know, you guys stink, you're, you're, you're you know, bad people. They, were, they could have been killed. That's how extreme the persecution was in Thessalonica. And so they said to Paul, Paul, we know that the mission that God's put in your heart is so important. We want you to go and continue to plant churches. We're going to be okay. We'll endure this. And so Paul uh, left 
But Paul deeply longed to go back and visit this church in Thessalonica. And so um, every time he would try, he just couldn't get back to it. And, and, and he was really concerned about it. And so he sent his protege, Timothy, to visit. And what Timothy discovered in Thessalonica was a church that had not dwindled, but a church that had grown. A church that had grown under fire. And so Timothy came back to Paul and he told Paul, Paul, these people, it's incredible. God's doing incredible things among them. They are growing. And, and even though they are being persecuted, they are just in love with Jesus and, and the church is just on fire. And so Paul, in response to Timothy's report, wrote this letter to the Thessalonian church. And that's where we get 1 Thessalonians. And he's writing to encourage them. He's writing to instruct them. And where we're picking up today is towards the end of the letter. And as Paul often does, he uses short, concise statements to really teach and direct the church. And so that's what we're going to see beginning in uh, chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Here's what it says. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Look at that again. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to picture yourself as a Thessalonian getting this letter from Paul, and you've read through it, and you've been growing, and you know you've got some areas where you need to kind of tighten it up a little bit in your life. And, and then he gets to this, these uh, few verses here, and he says the words, always be joyful. I mean, can you imagine you're a Thessalonian sitting in a house. At any point, somebody could break down your door, come in, take your kids, kill you and your wife, or just kill your wife and take you, put you in slavery, and, and it would be completely legal. Because Thessalonica was in the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire had this guy called the emperor. And if you worshiped anything other than the emperor, it was considered idolatry, and so they took that very, very seriously. And so there was this now new group of people following this thing called the way who was Jesus and they proclaimed that Jesus alone was God and not the emperor. So this was a big deal. And at any moment, these people could be killed and Paul writes this letter and he says, always be joyful. Could you imagine? Are you serious, Paul? You've gotta be kidding me. There are people out here, I've seen my friends slaughtered in the streets and you're telling me to always be joyful. But believe me, Paul, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, knew what he was writing. And that's why he backed it up here in verse 17 when he said this. Number two, never stop praying. Never stop praying. You see, here's the deal. We, we can't always be joyful unless we never stop praying. Because prayer does something in us and it does something for us. We cannot be joyful unless we begin to practice this where we never stop praying because, you know, in our lives, it's so easy for us to focus on the things that we can control, right? Like, like let's say right here is this, is, this represents our life, this area here. And so we try to do everything that we can. And when things start to kind of ravel out of control, like we're trying to do everything that we can and, and we're so focused here that we're missing what God has for us. And the thing about prayer, what prayer does is prayer redirects our focus from us to God. 
That's why Paul could write, always be joyful by never stop praying. Always be joyful, but make sure you're praying all the time because things are gonna come at you. Because when we pray, prayer redirects our focus from ourselves to God. And one of the things that we've talked about through this whole series is that when we say yes to God, we are saying no to our kingdom. When we say yes to God's kingdom, we say no to our kingdom. And the best way to do that is through prayer. When we pray, our focus is directed away from us and to God. And that's such an important thing for us to understand. Because so many of us get kind of stuck doing this thing. We know we want to get over there, but we kind of just get stuck going in a circle. And some of you know what I'm talking about, where you've just tried and tried and tried, and you've tried to control everything. and you just, It's like falling apart, and you just can't get it. And today, you can be set free from that. If you will stop, put your focus on God. Because here's what God will do. God says, you know you need to be over here. I know you need to be over here. Follow me. That's what I love about Jesus. Jesus. Jesus said one time, he said, you know, come to me, all you who are weak and weary, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I don't know about you, but I, I know that some of you, and I know that I am facing some things in my life, some mountains in my life that, that just seem unbearable or impossible. But with God's power and with his yoke and his burden, it's possible. I love the scripture. Scripture says all things are possible with God, which means that when we take our focus off of ourselves and we put it on God, that he can lead us where we need to go. And he will do that. Prayer is the key. It redirects our focus. Then the third thing Paul says is, be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful in all circumstances. You see, what Paul knew about the Thessalonians is that they would find joy in nothing else except for God. Only God could bring joy in their lives. And that's because joy is a part of this life that God gives us through Jesus. When we put our faith and our trust in Jesus, Jesus said he came to give us a new life. And part of that new life is this joy. So when we take our focus off of ourselves and put it on God, he leads us. He fills us with joy, honestly, inexplicably. I don't know how it happens except through his Holy Spirit. He gives us this joy even when our circumstances are horrible. He gives us this joy. And as a result of the joy, we can then be thankful. So you see that we've got at the very beginning of the verse, always be joyful. And at the very end of the verse, be thankful in all situations and all circumstances. And right in the middle is the glue that holds it together. And that is the prayer. Because when we pray, we center our lives around Jesus. And only a Jesus-centered heart can experience joy and therefore experience thankfulness. And as we practice prayer constantly, when things come up, Jesus, help me here. Jesus, I need protection. Jesus, help me not to say what I really want to say here. Jesus, please guide me in this moment because I'm confused, then we're taking that burden off of us and we're putting it on Jesus who says, give it to me, let's go. And he fills us with joy and we can be thankful. See, that was the truth that the Thessalonians had to get. They had to understand that joy comes from a Jesus-centered, a Jesus 
focused heart. And that focus comes through prayer. They had to understand that. And what Paul wanted to make sure that they understood was this, that we will miss God's will for our lives if we do not practice this. In fact, we cannot focus, uh, we cannot be focused on God's will for us when our focus is on ourselves. It's impossible. Think about that. If we're constantly working over here, trying to get stuff all in order, trying to control our lives, how in the world are we going to be able to stop doing stuff in order to start following Jesus? It's impossible. We cannot be focused on God's will for us when we're so focused on ourselves. We have to give up control. We have to surrender. Because we will not discover God's will for our life if we do not surrender. God's will for us is to be thankful because only when we're thankful can we realize God's will. God's will for us is to be thankful because only when we're thankful can we realize God's will. And let me unpack what I mean by that. In my time as a pastor, a lot of people have said to me, you know, Pastor Brad, what... What is God's will for my life? Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, a lot of times, to be honest with you, I don't know what God's will necessarily is for you. But instead of asking that question, I think it's more uh, appropriate to ask a completely different question. And that question is, am I thankful? In fact, I've, I've told people that. I said, you know, I think you're asking the wrong question. The right question is, are you thankful? Because when we're thankful, then we're not focused on ourself. And when we are not focused on ourself, we can follow God. And most of the time, when people say, what is God's will for my life? They're kind of in this box over here. They're trying to figure out their life all together, all by themselves. They're trying to do everything that they can to control where they're going. I'm going to this school. I'm going to get this job for about five years, and then I'm going to promote to here and so on and so forth. They're trying to control every aspect of their life, and they're so focused over here, and they're completely missing what God has for them over here. So instead of asking, what is God's will for my life, we need to ask, am I thankful? Because when we are thankful, we're over here. Thankfulness is the litmus test for our lives as to whether or not we're following God. And thankfulness is a hard thing. And you know it and I know it. Because in our lives, stuff happens and it's really bad sometimes. And it's not easy to be thankful. But what Paul told the Thessalonians and what Paul is telling us today is that if we can stop screwing around over here and start focusing over here, then God can lead us. And it happens as we pray. So this morning, I have a question for you. Are you thankful? Are you thankful? And if you're not, I want, to, I want you to ask another question. Are you in the way? Are you over here doing all this stuff to try to control your life? 
trying to make sure that it doesn't go off the rails. And you're completely missing what God has for you over here. And if that's true of you today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to realign with God because only a Jesus-centered heart, a Jesus-focused heart will lead you to God's will. That's why thankfulness is the key to discovering God's will for your life. If you're not thankful, if you're ungrateful, you will not find God's will because you're stuck over here. But when you're thankful, you're filled with joy because you are constantly praying and asking God to lead you and God will reveal his will to you. So in this moment, I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads and I just want you to ask this question. Am I thankful today? Am I thankful today? And if you're not, and be honest with yourself because God knows when you lie and we lie to ourselves all the time. So just be honest. Am I thankful? And if you're not, I want you to ask the next question. Am I in the way? And if the answer is yes, ask God to help you get out of the way. So let's take a few minutes right now just before God in this intimate moment, ask him those questions. Jesus, this morning, we ask that you would take what was laid at your feet today and cast it as far as the east is from the west, as your word says you will do. And we ask, God, that today you would center our hearts, center our focus on you, that we might be thankful as a result of being filled with joy in you. God, today, we just pray that you would fill us with your spirit. Father, help our hearts to be broken for you. Help our hearts to love you. And God, as we leave this place today, I pray that you will guide and direct and lead us. 
We just give you praise, God, for everything that you're doing and everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Only when we live in continual thanksgiving and thankfulness can we overcome the pain and suffering of this world. That's how the Thessalonians did it under extreme persecution. That's how we'll do it as we go day by day, praying, recentering our lives, being filled with joy and allowing his focus to come. Our thankfulness is the litmus test to our focus and only a focused Jesus-centered heart can reap the joy and overflowing thankfulness of God. Then we'll be participating in his will for us because God's will for us is to be thankful because only when we're thankful can we realize God's will. So as we go out today, I want to encourage you to live this commitment. It says this, I will be thankful no matter what I face this week. I will be thankful no matter what I face this week. And maybe a a good action to take would be to get on your face this week before God so that you can face what's coming in your life because that's where it starts. Then he will make us strong. He will hold us up under the mountains that we must endure.